everyone and welcome to August. I love this time of year because I get to go into stores and look around the school supply section and remember the excitement of a new school year starting. Maybe some of you do that too, just for old time's sake. And I think excitement is a really good word for today's episode. A few months ago, I spoke with Barbara Oppenheim about all the cool stuff that she's been up to in Charlotte, North Carolina at Chamberlain University. She is a bundle of enthusiasm and passion that is 100% driven towards NCLEX success. And I actually visited their campus last year and was blown away by the activities and dedication from every level, from the top leadership down to freshman students. Alright, I hope you enjoy hearing about all the fun stuff they're up to. So my current title is Associate Dean of Student Learning. What were you doing before you became the Associate Dean of Student Learning? I was the Assistant Dean of Academic Success, uh, overseeing the Center for Academic Success uh, here in the CAS. All right. And uh, the the new role, um, it was just a structural change within Chamberlain, Uh and now we're merged with, um, happily, with our care center, and um, we're very, very excited over that. All right. So were you an instructor prior to the dean titles? Um, I was an adjunct clinical instructor. Okay. And and an adjunct clinical instructor um, for a year. And uh, prior to that, in 2003, taught uh, since till, till present and currently still own a business and help students pass nursing programs and NCLEX. So you have a side business that helps students with NCLEX success? Yes, yes. I started it in uh, 2004. Whoa. Wow. So how many clients do you usually take on, or students, rather? So how many do I take on currently, or how many have I helped? Uh, currently. So, so currently, outside, a, a few a month. So there's not a, because of my, my full-time position, there's not a lot of time, but um, if a, someone reaches out, I'm happy to help them to be successful. Maybe they have been unsuccessful on board, and, um, and if they have a job being held for them, and so I'll try to, I'll try to fit them in. That's interesting. What, what, what made you start that in the first place? So after I graduated in 2003, I, while I was in nursing, well, while I was in nursing school, I realized that I was the one that would start uh, study groups. So I would, um, and, and let me back up to while I was in school, I would formulate study groups and grab and, and anyone sitting next to me, let's go to Jackson Java and study. And I would teach them how to understand Cushing's or Graves or um, a maternal concept. And then we'd go back to class and they would get a 97 and I would get an 82 because I was changing answers, um, overthinking, adding information, not understanding prioritization. So I built a testing curriculum. I didn't know that's what it was at the time to help me stop doing those things, Kim, Uh and didn't realize what I had. Um, I went on to help um, over the next few years, uh, about about three years, about 100 students, and they all passed. Uh, And so um, I was then brought into various schools over the years, and I am an NCLEX consultant. And um, I've helped over a thousand students pass their boards in that 15 years, and um, so it's because I've been there and understand that those nursing exams are different, and um, understanding how to approach 
when it's a real person, it, it takes it takes an understanding um, and skill and, and heart to do that. Whoa, uh, I feel like I feel like I just uh, discovered the motherload of NCLEX preparation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have I, I have um, had a um, an educator call me the NCLEX whisperer. And I'm, I'm honored uh, to have that. Um, it is, I have great joy working with students to help them pass boards. So we're very proud here in Charlotte to have a 100% passing rate. And uh, campus opened in 2015. I came here a year and three, I think two, three months ago, a year and two, three months ago. So it is our, our passion, and that takes an entire campus for that. That's, that's not me uh, in a silo. Um, but it's also equipping our campus and NCLEX starts the minute students walk in the door. Every workshop here at uh, Chamberlain in, in Charlotte has an NCLEX component in it. So we show that detailed plan is the first slide after the objectives. So if it's pharmacology that we're teaching, that's 15% of NCLEX. So we're saying, okay, so this PowerPoint or this you know workshop today is to help you with with pharmacology and parental therapies, and that 15% of your of your NCLEX, so they understand the importance of it. Also, so that when they're a senior, they're not just now going, wait, what? And what's what's the detailed plan? And that's going to be on NCLEX. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no there's no surprises. Um, it, we we um, like I said, campus wide, and uh, from from foundationally from the cast where we are constantly doing train the trainers to help our faculty and um, and staff feel comfortable with NCLEX detailed plan and how to uh, interpret questions effectively to help students when they're working with students um, for their you know uh, academic success and NCLEX success. That's incredible so do you organize a lot of those workshops or what part do you take in uh, some of these campus-wide NCLEX efforts? So um, I've I brought many w- workshops with me and, and I've shared those and um, I've built many of them uh, that we have here and that I've shared. I have an amazing professional nurse tutor or now student learning specialist and, um, and she is instrumental in building amazing workshops uh, and um, she, we're working on building a detailed plan that has all eight area workshops um, that's going through those eight areas. So we'll have a big binder with all those that we are uh, rolling out. As far as other campuses, I've created a uh, NCLEX success seminar, and we invited uh, many campuses. Um, I believe um, Troy was on that, um, and... Um, I think Jacksonville maybe have popped in, and uh, the, the Troy's campus um, had a great, um, I want to say 30 or more students, and then our current seniors at that point uh, were in this web conference going through the NCLEX seminar, success seminar that takes them through what I call the answers and how to, how to understand NCLEX are three-tiered component. Number one is you have to understand that content. You have to have that content. That content comes from literature and lecture of Chamberlain University. It doesn't come from that someone worked as a respiratory therapist for five years, or even though we value that, it doesn't come from 
um, that, that nursing assistant, you, you unlicensed assistant personnel, we value that. Uh, but those hats are reasons that students fail boards mm-hmm. and programs, and we want to stop that. So that's one of the things we address in that seminar to make sure that content, that literature is from Chamberlain University only. And then the other part, that second part, is the strategy. And the strategy comes from uh, a certain method, a method that I share here called the, um, I think they've named it MISO's five-step process. Mm-hmm. And it helps students understand what they're asking. And, and we're happy to share that. We've shared it with many campuses. We're happy to share that. And then um, the last one is person. Do you have content? It comes from literature and lecture of nursing school. And then you have the strategy, which are specific to nursing exams. And then that third one is person. So that's that, that social piece. And um, what's going on with that student? Is that student, um, again, confidence factor could be playing a role in there. Um, and, and those other things of changing answers, um, putting in your anecdotal opinion. Maybe they're watching too much Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> 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 and, 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 and we don't want to drive our, our scope of practice based on that. Um, although, fun to watch. Um, so, so those are our, um, you know, our, our core foundations. Um, that um, they go into that seminar. You know, it's interesting that you have that um, sort of soft skills or emotional intelligence uh, portion of that. It's a trend I see picking up in nursing education kind of across the board. Um, it's something, I, I don't know if the new gen or the next gen NCLEX is going to uh, touch on that, but I know there was discussion around that. What are your thoughts? So um, I have um, educator friends that are discussing uh, the emotional intelligence related to NCLEX uh, coming up in their um, in their topics and their pro in their PhD programs. I'm in my pursuit as well um, for my PhD. I've just started. I believe that um, as far as emotional intelligence in in the next generation questions. Um, it is next generation questions are about a lack of students after they graduate are they minimally competent to be safe practitioners so so there's this this um, I think I saw the latest 23% of the students that are, are or nurses at the point are not critically thinking or critically reasoning um, is emotional intelligence play a role in that absolutely and, and how is that going to look? You know, it's something we're still looking at. But, but the emotional intelligence piece, for me, comes from something that is important that, and actually we had a town hall meeting and, and Linda Caputi, one of my heroes, spoke on this. And it's something that my colleagues hear me say a lot is, is why. What is our why? Um, why are we going into that room now? Why are you choosing that answer? And that why needs to come from the literature and lecture, not from your opinion. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So working with a student one-on-one, we're going to use our emotional intelligence to assess their readiness. We're using that to assess, you know, they'll, you know, so it's, so it, it's not just on their end. It's on the end of the mentor and the coach. Mm-hmm. To, to use their emotional intelligence to, to see, is that student 
critically thinking, is she, is she connecting the dots, or he, of course, connecting all those dots. Um, I like to use an analogy, Cam, of what I call the florissimi dance. Mm-hmm. I don't really dance, and everybody laughs because they're hoping <laughs> I will, because um, I would be embarrassed. Um, but if it will get the point, I would do it. Um, the florissimi dance to show Bloom's taxonomy higher level that that application evaluation thinking is what is fluorismide? Okay, fluorismide is a diuretic. Okay. Now the question that they asked us is what is an adverse effect of fluorismide? So we first have to go, what is fluorismide? Oh, it's a diuretic. So that's knowledge at the bottom of Bloom's taxonomy. Bloom's taxonomy is a is a driven framework for National Council of State Boards of Nursing. So if we are in this dance going, okay, knowledge says it's, it's fluorismide, it's Lasix, but they're asking us adverse, that's not enough. We have to keep going. Okay, now, is fluorismide, does it keep potassium or spit it out? Well, it spits it out. Okay, so then we have to kind of do a little dance, go up, move a little bit uh, down a timeline and go, okay, so what is the side effect of losing potassium? It's electrolyte loss. It's specifically potassium loss. Okay, now we have to go over a few more steps and you see how far we are from knowledge. Mm -hmm. And now we have to go, okay, so that is now uh, the adverse effect is muscle weakness. And muscle weakness is an adverse effect of fluorismide, but look what we had to do to get there, Kim. So so that's, that's, that's critical thinking. That's clinical reasoning and that's what the next generation questions. And that's what our challenge is. So we have 2019, 2021 to prepare for 2022. And and so this is what our challenge is. We've we've just last week we our, our campus had our first NCLEX um, committee meeting. I uh, formulated an NCLEX committee meeting out of factors that I encourage each campus to to consider this. Um, in our department, we're limited. And we don't have, you know, there's, there's, um, it was just limited and our campuses are growing and that's what we want. So to provide NCLEX, that mentoring and coaching to all students, you know, some campuses have you know, six, seven, a hundred students or 60, 75 students or more graduating. So, um, so we formed this committee so that we could look at coaching and mentoring, train the trainer to train the faculty so that we can assign them students, um, and therefore they're going to be more comfortable with NCLEX, um, current and critical thinking, clinical reasoning, because they're going to get trained the trainer. So they're going to be more comfortable, and that will help from a leveraging standpoint, a campus standpoint, and hopefully spread, you know, to help the students have NCLEX passing success. Let's hope that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is incredible. You guys are taking a lot of steps to ensure uh, not only NCLEX success, but that there are safe and uh, confident, knowledgeable nurses out there as well. Yes, uh, yes, thank you. It is fantastic. Uh, you're doing so much, and so you have the NCLEX committee. Uh, you're putting on these workshops, and they're all geared towards the thing, the same thing, which is NCLEX success. And you guys have a 100% pass rate which is also fantastic. Um, Thank you. It sounds like there's a lot on your plate. You're also a champion, too. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, um, uh, yes, I, 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 I have a good divided plate. Um, <laughs> I am, um, I've learned to become very strong in time management mm-hmm. and, um, and learning to delegate more. And we have an amazing faculty here, and, and we have a, a very wonderful, uh, strong, another strong uh, ATI champion and um, uh, Teresa Cornell, and uh, so she is um, is a major contributor and shares that, or disseminates the information. We'll both attend meetings, and I'll send her my notes, but since she's a faculty member, she will help update, and she is a driving force um, helping us on campus, and, and then I concentrate on the ATI navigators, and, um, and that, so we've learned We've learned to 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 split that up uh, to help us and to help me and and, and my plate. Uh, so, like I said, all doable. It's all, <laughs> yeah, it's it all is. Doable. Yeah. Well, you know, there's campuses that have, like I said, have 60, 70 students and more right now. So we're we're not there yet. So I'm I'm, I'm grateful and and that I can't, you know, not complain. I would love that that when that happens to us, we'll be very grateful. Uh, we certainly we certainly are going. We're getting ready to have one of our biggest graduating classes coming in January. So we're preparing our folders. The other thing that we do is the uh, collaborative and capstone. We require all of the assessments taken on campus. Uh, we created this log that um, Kathy Murdo and Troy has been a, a great mentor for me, and uh, we have this log for these students so that they have something to follow from a paper format in their hand and then they'll meet with us following the assessment for a few minutes so we can talk about concepts and or um, you know focus on concepts and that they learned from that from that method um, during capstone our seniors also get uh, an NCLEX review course uh, they've also had their ATI review course um, which is foundational and then they'll get another one uh, from me. And we have disaster management, which is something that we are doing that shows students disaster questions. That's a, a big, another big component of that management of care and physiological integrity, uh, our prioritization, mm-hmm. delegation questions, and emergent questions. And so that's something that's built in um, to help students, and it's an active engagement um, opportunity, and students love that, and we, we love um, seeing them in this in, in this disaster management. It's an hour-long active learning uh, scenario that SimCare and I, uh, that CAS and SimCare partner with, and the students look forward to it. We've started this with our first graduating class, and this is our, our uh, fourth one coming up here. Mm-hmm. Well. Not graduating class, but cohort. Yes, yes. We've had two two uh, physical graduations, and so we're we're always aware and you know paying attention to what else we need to do and uh, very teachable. That that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, your brain just must be like brimming, and you know, you were talking about uh, time management, and you also said you had a mentor. Uh, but also organizing your plate, which, you know, I think I usually ask my podcast um, um, guests to, you know, give advice uh, to new instructors or people that are new to ATI. 
And I feel like, you know, you've already talked about some of those important components to being successful when you're first starting a job in nursing education. But I'd like to see if you have some additional thoughts or if you wanted to, you know, expound upon any of that. I would say, Kim, in addition to, you know, things we've talked about already, when you're starting a new position and, and you're working with an ATI, if it's a product that a, that a faculty member um, or, or leader has not, or student um, has not in, involved themselves with, is, is, we are, we have, what, uh, 21, 22 campuses. We have no reason to be in a silo. So reaching out, asking for help, and, and utilizing those resources is, is such a big, powerful tool. Establishing your person. When I first became a nurse, someone told me, when you first start your job, go find your person that is a resource that you can grab consistently to help you with those answers. Well, I have found I have found a few of those here on my campus physically, and then I have some throughout Chamberlain, depending on what I need. So to you, Lauren, um, Stacey, there's several that are my go-to in ATI, mm-hmm. and then I have some that are go-to for CAS initiative, some that are go-to for sim care initiative, see who you grab, see who your person is and grab some physical people seated in a seated environment for you to go grab into an office and talk about this and get some solutions and also identify your online resources because as Janelle Skolovich has, has said and implemented in, in my brain, this has probably already been done or already been asked. <laughs> and that was the greatest thing she said. Um, so don't redo the wheel. That's right. Uh, reach out and ask how, you know, how is, is this something you've experienced? Um, I, am, I am blessed to uh, mentor uh, Patrick in Louisiana in, oh. in, the, in the cast. And, uh, and so um, it, questions he that he asked me when they first asked me would I consider doing this I was I was happy to and everything he asked I thought, oh I had all those questions so I had those answers but there was a few I did and I said well here's here's my go-to person mm-hmm. so establish establish those people in your in your campus um and of course in your direct reporting and then throughout Chamberlain and um, and then ATI of course has the so the resources on the ATI Academy very likely there is a module out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. You. Just, have, you just have to find it, and Kim probably built it. <laughs> uh, very likely. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, that's so cool that you offer that advice. Uh, so much research says that, you know, reducing burnout in professions and even for successful students, is the key to that is finding their go-to person, uh, their connection. It, 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 it makes sense. And, you know, we are, are very fortunate that we have, we've had many before us that has already experienced this, this concern and they have found a solution, and um, so we're trying to figure it out, and it's been done. We, but we have to find where that is. 
Um, certainly not asking will not work. So we do have to ask for help. That is very and, true. Um, and, and, and I'm a nurse. We're not, we're not known for that. <laughs> that... We're not, we're, oh, goodness. I'm, uh, we're not. We're, we're known to anticipate needs. We're excellent at that. We are not um, very, we're strong at saying, make sure that you take care of yourself, students. Take care of yourself first. Put the oxygen on you first. And so it's something that we, as educators, um, leaders need to continue to work on, make sure that we are, you know, that we are, it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. I've given my, I've empowered myself to ask for help and that it, and it's okay. So that's where I am now, but I had to get there and, and I encourage other people to empower yourself. It's okay. It's okay to ask for help. That's, that's a good motto to, I, I feel like you should put a billboard out there somewhere that says, nurses, ask for help. Well, maybe that last part rang true to you, too. I hope you got a few ideas or at least fed off of some of the endless energy that Barb has. Are you doing anything like this on your campus or in the classroom? I would love to chat with you about it. Email me at spotlight at ATITesting.com. I hope you all have a great August. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.